This is the NH Experience. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because now. For whoever leaked the video, it did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Um, you know, it's an audioless video. Uh, it's a video that cuts to me walking right to him. You know, and so the video serves the purpose that it was supposed to serve. Um, and it had me in the same mind state of like, wow, this is terrible. This is awful. And by the way, it is terrible and it is awful. Like just because of the way the video is cut up and is not released with audio and all of those things, what I did was wrong. You know, so regardless of the video leaking or not, regardless of how the video was leaked, um, with audio or without audio, I was wrong. And so I accept that um, and I will move forward with that. But in saying that, you asked my thoughts of what I thought of the video and those are my thoughts. Draymond, you probably asked yourself a thousand questions in the last few days, but have you, for somebody to go to that extreme, usually, that, you know, you gotta be taken there. Did, have you wondered how you got to that point? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in tune with myself. Uh, I can, you know, I can, um, I can walk you through everything of how I got to that point. Uh, that doesn't make it right. And because it doesn't make it right, I won't, you know, uh, because for me, walking you through that, uh, is a sympathy tactic and I'm not, and I, I'm not looking for sympathy. Um, nor am I, in the, am I the person who needs sympathy. You know, if anyone um, deserves some sympathy, it's Jordan, it's this team. You know, uh, it's this organization, it's not me. You know, so I don't, I don't need sympathy. I'm not looking for sympathy. And quite frankly, to try to walk someone through uh, what got me there would, would be trying to get you to understand my point of view and, and trying to, um, trying to tell my side of the story. And that's irrelevant because what I did was wrong. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the NH Experience here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. Lots to get into on this week's episode. The audio that you just heard was courtesy of Draymond Green's press conference uh, as he's on a parent apology tour uh and so last week if in case you were under a rock and did not see this video uh draymond green went aggressively after fellow teammate jordan Poole. now everybody saw the video and if you heard draymond green he mentioned about the lack of audio which also provides a different context potentially because there could have been some friction before the video was shot and or during the actual videos showing of what transpired between those two individuals. I would ask Ari to start this one off because see me, y'all get mad at me. Y'all say, oh, I'm too, I'm too hard. I'm too aggressive. This, that, and the third. I'm coming off like I'm Draymond Green. So you know what? I'm going to let the person who normally keeps the balance on the show, I'm going to let Ari talk about this first. Not let her, but I want Ari to talk about this first because you know what? 
I'd be interested to see what you say, since you, especially you being from the Bay, right. you be, you representing the four one five one zero, the seven zero seven. You know what I mean? So, what what was your take when you first saw the video? Because I know what I saw. Okay, so first of all, uh, I'm a, I'm a Warriors fan, right? So, and I'm from the Bay, like you said, born and raised. I know Draymond personally, super cool guy. Doesn't never seen that side of him. Of course, I don't not with him like that to know you know his personality on different occasions. But like, always very respectful. Always a really great vibe, great energy. So. When I first heard about what had happened, I was like, okay, there's got to be more context to this, right? Because, you know, people, the media is always going to only show what they want to show. They create the narrative. They control the narrative all the time. So you see that pool first pushes Draymond, and then he comes back, and then, you know, whatever he does. Now, I don't think violence is ever the answer, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm totally against violence. Um, but when I, like, further did research on it, there were some things that Jordan had been saying about him writing Steph Curry's coattail and like he wouldn't be in the NBA this long. Like, I don't know what's really true and what's not. Allegedly, he said that. Okay, gotcha. Right. And so my thing is like, as a, as your uh, fellow, you know, um, what is it, teammate, you have, there has to be some type of level of respect, you know, that you, you can't, um, you're supposed to be a team. Like, what's really the issue here? And if there was an issue as professionals, they should have been sat down and have a conversation or like two mature adults and had a conversation so that they didn't take this energy onto the court. So I blame the both of them for acting immature on the court. I think it's also unfortunate that they're not getting along, being that they're a great team. Um, I don't condone violence, but I don't know. I feel like, if it is true what he told him, I might have, and then you push me, I might have punched you too. I don't know. That That's the truth. That's my take on it. Here's what I, okay, I watched the video three times, right? And I watched it because I, I'm looking, I'm slowing it down. I'm watching it at certain angles, right? I feel like I'm an NFL ref. Like we, we got a, <laughs> we got a flag on the, on the play. We got to review the call, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sitting here like, okay, first of all, the way the aggressive nature that Draymond punched Jordan Poole was like that was some pinned up aggression. That was some stuff that had been brewing for so long that it just spewed out. And so both of these guys had something off they they wanted to get off their chest. Now, first and foremost, I don't know who schooled Jordan Poole, but anytime a dude get in your face aggressively, you don't do no pushing. You you smooth take off and rewire that person's jaw. Period. Ain't no way in hell I'm letting no dude come that close, that aggressively, that egregiously, and think that nothing's going is this going to be a conversation, and I'm just going to push the dude, which is something he wanted me to do. To get it's almost like give me a reason to f you up, and that's what Draymond was looking for. But the problem I have with Draymond is this: Draymond and and I, and I agree with you. I've met Draymond on a couple of occasions. Super cool guy. Really nice guy, um, very cordial. So I have nothing personal when I say this against Draymond Green. You know him better than I do, right? But what I'm saying is Draymond is always mixed up in the middle of something. This is not the first time that Draymond Green has been the center of something negative. Remember when he kicked LeBron James in his planners, right? That was the first time. 
Then he had an issue with KD calling KD a bitch ass, you know what? Then, and then he didn't want no issues with KD because them six foot 12 dudes that be long and linky, they will punch you into the, four, the fourth or fifth row of the arena. You don't want those kind of problems. And I think Draymond realized that. That's why he kind of backed off. And he knew he was wrong on top of that, too. I'm not saying Draymond is a punk, but sometimes you got to know when to take your licks and, and keep on ticking. Now with Jordan Poole, I felt like he was trying to kind of pump Jordan Poole, regardless of what Jordan Poole said. And again, we weren't there. We don't know exactly what went down. But for you to aggressively punch your teammate in the face like that, yeah, dude, that's some pinned up aggression. And I can't go for that. I mean, I, I, I just can't go for that. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. It's unfortunate because they're teammates. There has to be a level of respect there and it has to be corrected. And it's, you know, it sucks that for Draymond and for Jordan that it got taken, that the world got to see it on the court, right? Like that's something that should have happened behind closed doors, a conversation, whatever that was. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, I just hope it gets resolved. I hope they figure this out. It ain't getting resolved no time soon. Let me tell you, you know what the, who this fight helps the most? Who? The Los Angeles Clippers. Because that continuity in that locker room and the way that team, how deep that team is, oh, don't think that they, they're, they're going to take advantage of this opportunity. Because ain't no fighting, ain't no fist fighting in that locker room. I can assure you of that. And Jake could be my witness because Jake is the audio engineer for the Clippers broadcast. He's around these guys just as much as I am. I see him all the time, and those guys love each other. It's kumbaya in that locker room, for sure. (laughs) We all, and and teamwork make the dream work. It does. But, you know, real quick, going back to the Draymond Green situation with Jordan Poole, you know, families fight. People have disagreements, okay? They were both wrong. They were both immature. But it should have never got out. Because this happens all the time. Even Steve Kerr said, oh, I've witnessed at least 25 of these in my lifetime. You know, both were wrong, but it should have never got out. It was a family matter. should stay in-house. That's yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we see. I mean, Alonzo Mourning and and Kmart got into it one time, but that's because it was just testy. It was just of two teammates going at it. We finally got the truth that Steve Kerr got socked out by Michael Jordan in practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Excuse me. So I mean, things like this always happen. Kobe and Shaq got into it. I mean, we finally got the truth that Kobe and Shaq almost went to blows at one point in time. We just didn't have the technology that we have now, so it makes it look ten times worse, right? But let me ask you this, Ari, and and Jake, you guys have been, how much protection do you need at your job? And the reason why I ask that is because, damn it, how much protection does Tom Brady need? I mean, <laughs> why is the NFL constantly trying to coddle and protect this dude? Now, again, I, I, I still think Tom Brady's a GOAT. The dude is a hell of a player. He's a hell of a quarterback. But what happened on Sunday was absolutely the most egregious wrong stevie wonder could have seen this ray charles from the grave could have seen this it was a textbook sack it was a textbook tackle yeah and that cost the atlanta falcons an opportunity to beat the tampa bay bucks (laughs) and yet the refs throw a flag trying to put now all of a sudden the nfl wants to protect the quarterback but where the hell was all this protection with two two attack of our law needed that protection Two weeks in a row. Right. Where was that protection now? But now all of a sudden, Mr. 45, Tom Brady, all of a sudden has he can't get wrapped up even in a textbook sack wrap up. 
he can't even he has to get the flags thrown on his behalf and 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 get help to get victories these days. That's that kind of stuff pisses me the hell off. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I don't know if y'all saw the game, but I, I can't. No, deal with I saw it. No, the the whole thing is they gotta protect the old man. You know, he's still the face of the NFL. It's so- I thought you said it. <laughs> oh, I said I don't care. But but my thing is this with, with, with Brady, that he's the face of the NFL still. He he's a story. He's a huge storyline. People are rooting for the the old man, the underdog, the, the divorcee. Hey, look, I don't agree with it, Nick. And I, I know you're you're, you're like, ah. Oh. But did you just call him a divorcee, Jake? Yes. And I know it well because I'm going through that. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, they want to protect Brady. They, they he's a storyline. He's a moneymaker. He's a headline grabber, and that's why they give him these Rudy Pooh candy ass rules to protect him. And I think it's stupid. Yeah, I agree with you one thousand percent. Now, as as far as you know, rules and and, and protection goes, uh, your man Cooper Rush had a whole lot of protection on Sunday at SoFi <laughs> Stadium when the Cowboys came to town against the, the Los Angeles Rams. And oh, by the way, Miss Superstar over here didn't even let anybody know that she was at the game or even going to the game. So apparently, that tells us, Jake, she didn't want to be bothered. She wanted to be alone and, and enjoy her seats and what her very close Please, field you- seats. <laughs> I went at the last minute. <laughs> I went at the super, a super last minute. I like literally got a call to go at eleven o'clock and jumped up and ran over. So, um, hey, but one percent problems. On, but what, uh, I felt like I was at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Oh, they travel yeah. deep. They travel deep everywhere. When they oh, played the Chargers they last year, same thing. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's yep. yep. It was it was 50-50 in there yesterday. I mean, from my vantage point, you could kind of see, because in the press box, you kind of see the entire stadium. So you can kind of see who's, kind of what fans are where. That was, it was a lot of Vato Locos in there, too, yesterday. <laughs> I didn't know they had, they came deep like that. Like, I never seen so many tattoos in one freaking stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy fans, man, they're, they're a different breed, I'm telling you. They're like Raider fans, but worse. Yes. And I hate Raider I fans. I never experienced such a thing. Oh and no! I'm going to tell you another fun fact. I did not know because you know I'm big on uh, on football and watching all the games, and I have the Sunday NFL ticket, which is why I keep up with all the games. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that the app, the NFL Sunday ticket, does not allow you to watch any games while you are inside of a stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want you to watch the game. <laughs> that is dumb. I want to watch multiple games. Yeah, they... so I'm sitting here on the app trying to watch my 49ers beat the Panthers, and I can't. And all I can see is just the score going up. up, up. I, listen, I tell you what the the way the Rams played on Sunday, it is 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 more than likely. I'm thinking the, the Niners as they get healthier each and every week. Are probably is probably going to win that that NFC West division because the way the Rams played on Sunday was absolutely atrocious. They didn't run the ball twenty plus times. The O line looks as shot and broken down as an old Jaguar engine. And then and thirdly, they got they they have they they're almost one dimensional. And do you did you know that Matthew Stafford so far after Week Five has been sacked twenty one times, and it's only been Week Five. Twenty one times. Twenty one times. 
Yes, twenty-one times. He's, he's got to feel sacked. like he's got to feel like he's back in Detroit again, man. <laughs> and it's it, and, and my thing is, I didn't when I and, when, and you guys can catch my wrap up on IG at, at Nick Hamilton LA. <laughs> the thing that didn't that, that sparked me about was Sean McVay post game when we talked to Sean McVay on how do you fix it, how do you turn it around, and how do you right the ship? Because there's no way you could tell me that with everything going on, obviously they're, they're injured at O-line, which is, which is vastly superior in this, in this league as far as having protection and, and having timing to get the ball off, whether it's the Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Allen Robinson, or whoever. You've got to have a solid O-line. But if you got nobody blocking and, and, and you don't have the running game going, you know, whether that's Cam Akers, whether that's, that's Daryl Henderson, you've got to get guys involved. And I don't know how they fix it. I don't know how they write the ship. And this is a new this is new territory for the Rams because they've never been Super Bowl champions where everybody is coming at you. You went from from hunting to being the hunted. And I don't know if they know how to deal with being the hunted. And I think that's a problem. They are the prey right about now. Oh yeah. Chewed up and spit out. Well, um, they yeah they need to the pray. <laughs> They need to pray because this is bad. And speaking of prayer, what's up with your man Kyler Murray's outfit out here looking like Hillary Clinton's pants? <laughs> what the hell? What the, are, you tell me, Ari, because you're the fashion, fashionista. You know what the hell was that? Um, I I think people are are getting comfortable with wearing their Sunday best out in public. You know, I think <laughs> he's going to church and put on his his seventies suit. <laughs> And and thought he was he he thought he looked phenomenal and and you know somewhere some place there are women praising him and men praising him I am sure <laughs> loving that outfit. Um, Where did he get it from? Forever Twenty One. No, that's like vintage store for sure. That's like vintage store on Hollywood Boulevard. Like there's this. All he was missing was his hat and peppermints in his purse. You know, like the old ladies at the church. What did I say? What did I say? I'm just saying. He, he was missing the hat, the big hat, and the peppermints in the purse. That outfit screamed grandma at church. He reminded me of, like, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Zoinks. Wait, where did it go? <laughs> he disappeared on us. Yo, that outfit was hideous. He... he I, I up with everybody in this fashion when they walk into the games nowadays. I don't understand it. It's so dumb. You know, like wear a nice yeah. suit. You've got money. You ain't gonna be outrageous. And the words of the late great Charlie Murphy, don't get mad at me. You know you didn't buy that at the men's department. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all coming up on the other side of the break. Uh there's some turmoil and some racist rhetoric that has been spewed from the Los Angeles County City Council. We'll get into that and how that would affect the entire city council and the city of Los Angeles as a whole. Also, you know what? LeBron James, could he be an owner sooner than later? We'll get into that more on the other side of the break. You're checking out the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. 
For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to the NX Experience here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms. Twitter, Instagram, I'm on Twitter at NickHamilton213 and on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA. Ari Rose is on. I'm Ari Rose on 
all social media platforms, as well as Jake Warner at Big Brother Jake on all, of course, on all social media platforms. Of course. I ain't going to forget about you now. Come on. <laughs> no, but you've never remembered the handle. You'll just tell people to follow me, but you don't ever remember my handle. This is the first well, I, I, wrote, I wrote it 10 times each in the column. I wrote it 10 times each and said it out loud. We also had a post-show meeting about it, too. But yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you already, already, already threatened to jump me if I didn't remember. So. Draymond, <laughs> you. Wow. wow, she came with the Draymond energy. Kaboom! Guess who stepped in the room? <laughs> um. So here's the deal, right? And and I know we we are, we have a lot of fun on the show. I mean, we, I think we really have fun. We I think we keep a nice little balance and a nice little mixture. But of course, we have to get into stuff. That is, uh, you know, that is serious. That is that affects all of us in our various communities. And recently, um, there were some racist remarks leaked out of an audio for some LA LA City Council members um, that are very disgusting. Um, I got a chance to listen to the full audio cleanly. Uh, someone that was uh, cool enough to send me the actual audio. Um, that was recorded. We've we've talked about audio recordings before. We talked about the Donald Sterling situation. Obviously, he was audio recorded and, and you know, found out um, there have been other audio recordings. We talked about Rachel Nichols uh, last week about her audio recordings. Obviously, Robert Sauber, uh, there were account, accounts from witnesses that the language that he used, the racist and, and misogynistic language that he used. And so now this is transferred over to the Los Angeles City Council, uh, who, who is the, the number two city in the market. And so... Um, City Council President Nori Martinez made some openly racist remarks, um, along with three other members who happen to be of the Latino heritage, um, basically referring to uh, Councilman Mike Bonin's son as a uh, as a monkey. Uh, which, in if you realize, black people have been called monkeys and apes and were being referred to for decades, and we know how insensitive, uh, how racist. Um, that type of language is. And to me, there's no excuse. There's no place for this language. I don't care what it is. If it's against black people, it's against Latino people, Jewish people, LGBTQ, uh, Asian people, Pacific Islanders. I don't give a damn who it is. There's no excuse to be in a position of leadership and to display this type of activity as it pertains to representing constituents in various areas of the city of Los Angeles, one of the most diverse cities in the nation. And for you to be able to spew this racist rhetoric, which tells me a whole lot about you, there's no apologies that, that, are, that are needed because that's exactly who you are. You're only apologizing because you got caught. You're not apologizing voluntarily because if you did, you would have jumped out in front of this story before it came out and said, you know what, I fell short, I was wrong, I made a joke or I made a statement or whatever it is. And this is what I said. It opened the book on yourself, but you didn't. You allowed to be investigated. You allowed the audio to leak and someone leaked it out. Um, and, and rightfully so. And so I'm calling for all of these people to be immediately dismissed and fired. And it causes a disconnect between the Latino and black communities, which has already have been us been friction between the two communities in this city. And this type of situation does not help at all. And I want to know what type of punishment is going to happen to these individuals, because it seems like every time there is something against black people, it's just it's casually dismissed. It's saying, oh, we're going to have to conduct a full investigation. But anytime there's some homophobic slurs or some anti-Semitic slurs 
or anything like that. It's immediate action. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be immediate action against those communities, but it's to be the same type of attitude and the same type of vigor that you have with the, the Jewish communities and the LGBTQ communities and the Asian communities when it was Asian hate going on. The same type of attitude needs to happen when it comes against black folks in the black community. And until that stuff starts to happen, I am not convinced that these people will serve the punishment that is apropos to what they have done and the and the disdain that has been that, excuse me the stain that's been put on the Los Angeles City Council. Yeah, and I feel like what's really unfortunate about all this because there there's racism everywhere against you know different communities, right? Against Asians, Native Americans, all this, right? The list goes on. These are people that are leading communities. These are the people that we put in a position of power to help out the people. And that's what is nerve wracking and scary when you hear all this audio, because it's like, wow, we put our trust in these people. And if they're saying this and they're getting caught, imagine how much more has been said mm -hmm. and forget the words, the actions behind it. Right. Because the words are one thing and they're hurtful and they, you know, and it's unfortunate. But like I said, there's racism. But what about the actions that they're taking to go against certain communities that they feel like this about, you know, like communities that should be protected more? Maybe they're not. You know, like I remember, like even during uh, COVID, when certain areas where there was, uh, you know, more black populated communities didn't have all the access and the resources like other communities did. So I say that to say, like. It's, it's sad and it's heartbreaking to see that people with these mindsets, with this hate and ugliness that lives in their heart and in their spirit, are placed in positions where people who really care and genuinely care are not giving those, aren't being given those opportunities to protect the community or to serve the community in the rightful way that we think that they're supposed to be doing. And this is why I say these are the kinds of things and kinds of people that continue to perpetuate white supremacy, because this is exactly what it does. And also, let me give you a quote from the L.A. Times that Martinez said that she said she said also, quote, F that guy. He's with the black. Speaking of uh, L.A. L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon. I heard that. I thought, what in the hell type of comment is this? This chick needs to be out of here. There's no, I don't want to hear nothing about let's conduct a full investigation. I don't want to hear nothing like that. And you know, as a, as a Mexican woman, right? As a Mexican woman, like we deal with so much uh, racism as well, right? Like just like Mexicans need to go back. I mean, we don't got to go down the list. We know that there is a lot of racism that Latinos face too. And I think like as a Latina woman who, who, sees the racism like when it's thrown at my father who can't really speak English or my mother and all this stuff. It's like you would think that you would be more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Empathetic, more uh, sensitive to the to people. You would have a kinder heart. You would want to look out for people who deal with a lot of things that we deal with, if not more. You get what I'm saying? Like what? It, it's like, who do you think you are? And, and that's, that's how I feel about everybody that's like racist or ugly like that, making these comments like, who do you think you are? Like, who put you on this fucking pedestal? Excuse my language. Well, because they want to be like their oppressor. That's why. And so when you let me also let me read this in fairness. Let me also read this and, and let me say thank you to these council people 
that yeah. were took the steps to try to to move towards a solution and move towards getting this conversation continue going because if we don't if we don't if we stop the conversation these things don't get don't get discussed there's there's no solutions and there's no punishments so from current price jr who is the the council person in los angeles here in the ninth district uh councilwoman heather hugh uh hut excuse me uh from the 10th district and then also from the 8th district councilman uh marquise harris dawson they all wrote got together and said quote this is a very dark day in L.A. politics for African-Americans, the LGBTQ plus community, indigenous people, Angelinos who have put their faith and trust in their local government. This is a city council that has said time and time again that black lives matter, that love is love and our families come first and we are all equal. Today, that, forget, that came crashing down. Our hearts are heavy in this grief. This is 2022 and we will not turn a blind eye to the blatant prejudice, discrimi discrimination, excuse me, and racism that has been put on full display for those for the whole world to see the actions of our colleagues should not be tolerated and a vapid and a vapid tongue has no place in city hall not today not tomorrow not ever i want to say thank you to those council people again marquise harris dawson councilwoman heather hunt and uh council uh councilman rather current d price jr of the ninth district I applaud these individuals because they had the courage enough to actually speak about. We always condemn politicians for not speaking on things or ignoring certain things. But these three, and I'm sure there are others that, that echo those same sentiments, but these three put their names on the line to say, this is what we're going to stand for and not stand for. So let me give props to them. Go ahead, Ari. I just wanted to read that. No, I, I, I applaud them too. I think more people need to stand up. You know, I just hope that these people... Um, are standing up for the right reasons and not because they're trying to save their ass too, right? Um, <laughs> in other news, uh, I want to somebody else who's trying to right some wrongs is President Joe Biden. Um, you know, he is starting to end this, uh, you know, drop charges and get people out of jail and starting to make that transition. Um, people that have been incarcerated for marijuana. Uh, quote-unquote crimes and he says as i've said before no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana today i'm taking steps to end our failed approach allow me to lay them out what do you think about that <sighs> here's the thing with that right we've been calling for this for decades because we've known how many people have been incarcerated because of either marijuana use itself or quote-unquote the intent to distribute uh label that's been placed upon people even though cocaine heroin and the cross-country trafficking of drugs have been prevalent in this country uh for for many many decades this is a step in the right direction we all know biden's history right the 86 crime bill the 94 crime bill that he was a part of uh him and president clinton at the time this is a step in the right direction. However, that more has to be done. You can't sit up here and say, okay, we're going to do this and then stop. Right. right? Which a lot of politicians do. And, and Biden is no different. And especially because isn't there a, um, like, a midterm elections are right around the corner. Yep. Yep. Just in time. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
just like a uh, Newsom giving us a gas rebate, even though gas is back to ten dollars a gallon again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in California, yes. Exactly. You know, so it, it's like again, and this is why I think I know it's important for us to be involved in politics and and do the you know and and of course go out and vote and do all this stuff, but. Um, this is why I don't like politics. I just feel like everybody has an ugly hidden agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, what everyone is out for themselves. Like, okay, this is something that's been asked about. Like, marijuana is legal damn near everywhere now. Like, marijuana doesn't kill people. You know, you have the problem of fentanyl now, right? Fentanyl with like so many children are dying at school on this. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're finding. Like, that's a deadly drug, and you're telling me that you have people in prison because they had a freaking eighth of marijuana on them or whatever it can be. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I, I feel like I'm getting sidetracked because my mind goes a million miles an hour on this on this conversation and topic. Part of it is just the fact that I just wish politicians would actually do things to help the community out and help the people, especially in the situation we're in. But there are, but there, there are some politicians who do help the community. But here's the here's the issue. This is why I say we have to be involved in politics, especially on the local and state level. I don't give a damn about the national level. Whoever the president is, vice president, to me, it doesn't matter because they're going to pick who they want to pick. Okay, that's just that's just my point of view. However, on the local and state levels, this is why you have to be educated in, yeah. as far as educating yourself on who is up for for bid, what bills are going to be passed or not passed, what. I mean, even back, even down to the school superintendent, because your children go to these local public schools, whether it's in, you know, Los Angeles, whether it's San Francisco, yeah, you know, Seattle, who, wherever. State and local politics are the, still the ability for us to still have some say so and some power. But also, too, this is why economics come into play because we have to be economically shored up because we have to use these politicians for what they have to be used for. Meaning, we have to start. If you're going to financially support a particular candidate, then here are some points of reference that we want to be done while you're in your term of candidacy. Right. We have 10 points, for example. If you can hit four of these 10 points, we're going to have we're going to endorse you as a candidate. But if you don't do this, then guess what? If you're not able to do this, then the next time it goes around, we're going to vote your ass out and we're going to get your whoever is running against you that has that has similar value system. But it's really about that life. We're going to get them into office, but we have to pull our resources together as constituents. That's part of the problem. And I think part of that, I think a a way to kind of get to the bottom of it, to start making it a solid change is even educating children in school from a young age, the importance of voting and what every single person's uh, title, what it really represents. Like what is a city council person? What is, because all you hear about is just voting for presidency and voting for presidency and, you know, anyways, um, moving on. I mean, we can go on and talk about politics for a long time, but uh, I think we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with some great topics. Huh, Jake? Absolutely. I can't wait. Got something cooking in the kitchen for y'all. I can smell it already. You're checking out the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my dog and I can't see. Welcome back, final segment of the show. The next experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check us out at nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, community tech, all rolled into one. That is nightcastmedia.com. All right, y'all. Lot going on. I smell some in the kitchen. We've been sitting here going through a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> I know we worked up an appetite. So, my man Jake Warner, who was back in the field. Take it away, my friend. I got you. Here we go. It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the Moments Brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right. Uh, Here we go again with this one. Jada Pinkett Smith is releasing her memoir that details her parents' drug abuse, times with her main man, Tupac, Will Smith, and more. Do people care, and is this another stab at her staying relevant in the public eye? Jada I'm so Pinkett over Smith. her. Uh, me too. <laughs> God I'm so damn. over her. Oh my god. <laughs> Aren't you over her yet, Nick? I'm gonna I would make a joke right now, but I'm not I don't wanna get I don't wanna get slapped in the face. Keep keep his uh, wife's name out your mouth, all right? <laughs> exactly. Um I'll say it I'll I, care. <laughs> my thing is this. 
people are going to want to read it because they want they want to know extensively what happened with the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith thing. Still, they want to know her point of view because she's she hasn't really detailed it. And I'm thinking in this memoir, she's going to detail some stuff. Maybe we get some new information about the relationship between her and Tupac. It's always been speculative, speculative that her and Tupac were just more than friends. Of course they were. Right? Come on. <laughs> Again, we've always speculated, but maybe she finally shares some intimate details <sighs> that give us some more indication of what happened. I don't know. My thing is, I ain't about to buy it. That's just me. But props to her for wanting to get out there and do what she needs to do. Go ahead and make your money. Because Will going to continue to make his money. He, got a, he has a new film out called Emancipation, which I'm looking forward to seeing. This woman has become the new Kardashian. Thank okay. you. Yes. <laughs> preach, girl. Preach. Old Kardashian. <laughs> she has ruined her man's life. Yes. She is a marketing genius. She's held on to the story for the right time. The Tupac <sighs> thing, all that she's been holding it. It, it, they're, they're these huge marketing gurus and, and empire building vampires, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I used to love her. I remember back in the day, I, I fell in love with her on that movie, Low Down Dirty Shame, <clears throat> back in the 90s. And Jason's lyric. Yes, that one. <laughs> and now it's like, I don't know. I know they say, uh, uh, Bad publicity is still good publicity, you know? Like, there's no such thing as bad publicity, but I feel like just like the Kardashians, like, enough with the publicity. Like, you guys mm. are, you're, you're, you've reached a point yeah. where this isn't helping you anymore. No, like, at all. This, this makes it look worse. Burn the damn red table, stop doing shows on the red table, and go away. Just go yeah. away. <laughs> just go away. You have enough money. Yes. Go somewhere. We don't care. Fall in love. Gain weight, own a goat, have some <laughs> Go somewhere. Go live in a castle with horses and goats. Go go to Cuba and meet Tupac because he's still alive, according to some people. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, moving on because <laughs> we're about to burn that. Uh, moving on. Migos, now Quavo and Takeoff, recently hinted on why they're a duo and no longer a trio. Uh, they hinted on a track, and it sounds like the rumor that Offset and Sweetie possibly hooked up. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Yo. <laughs> I like her. You don't like Sweetie? This, now it's not, I mean, if, if, if it's smoke, they're damn near some fire somewhere. It's like, and it's interesting how the Migos, now it's just Quavo and Takeoff, yeah. are the ones that's, and, and we all, I mean, let's be honest, Quavo is, he, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to diss nobody's gender, but he's the Beyonce of the group. He is. Right? He, he, Quavo has, the, has, has, has has always been the star of the group. Yes. That's no disrespect to Takeoff, no disrespect to the Offset. One. That's because he's the cutest one of the three. I'm not saying all that. No, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just saying the dude has star power. Okay, he has the it factor, and he just stands out. You yeah. know, and you know. <laughs> Offset obviously has his issues. Him and Cardi B. I mean, they should have a reality show. Um, please, no, please, no. I don't see. You that. know, <laughs> I don't want to see it either because I don't listen. I like some of the Migo songs. I went to so I went to their concert when they had the concert with Drake. I think the dudes are dope. I think they're they're in their own lane, right? I think, and I think a lot of rappers tried to mimic what they were doing, yes, because it, it became popular. Right. So I give them props for 
much like how we saw Nelly come out in the late 90s with his own style. And right. then you saw a few rappers trying to mimic him because they realized, oh, this is hitting now. So let me kind of sound like Nelly so I can get on. Yep. But listen, they're a duo. And whatever happened, and that's why you don't you don't let people in your situation. I don't care if it's friends, family, in-laws, outlaws, don't I'm matter. Gonna, I'm going to tell you what ruined them. The Quavo and Sweetie breakup. Because the way Quavo handled it was very Taylor Swifty. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and it had a lot of more female tendencies in his behavior than what he really raps about. Yeah. So I think that diminished his brand because, as a Saweetie fan, I'm definitely a Saweetie fan. Same. I love her to do. I feel like she's very unproblematic. She just go about her business. She's a beautiful woman. I've known her from the. She's from the Bay. I've known her when when she had two thousand followers and were, would post her nails. Like that's how long <laughs> I've known Saweetie. You know, I know her entire family. She's very unproblematic. She's not that type of person. If she wants, she she's officially single. Let her do what she wants to do. Her bedroom business is her bedroom business. I hate when men are so bitter they start trying to stir things up. Yeah. Right talked about uh what was it the baby like not too long ago talking about uh meg the stallion or whatever or whoever that was but terrible to too yeah it's like just keep it to yourself you know raise the bar on yourself put the hard work in like leave these like relationships behind closed doors it's always money or women that break up a group or something in the family <laughs> that's west side connection anyways moving on Finally, while in Vegas, LeBron James said he wants to become an NBA owner and that Vegas is the best place. Seattle also wants a team back. Will both cities get a new franchise? Will LeBron be an owner in one of those franchises? Oh, absolutely. I think LeBron will be an owner of the Vegas franchise. He'll have he'll be a part of an ownership group. I think he'd probably yeah. lead the brigade as far as having ownership group. But I think LeBron owning a team in Las Vegas will not just be about a team playing. It will be an event. Las Vegas is a growing metropolis. We've yes, seen the is. success with the Las Vegas Aces mm-hmm. being world champions for the WNBA. We've seen the Golden Knights get to the, the Stanley Cup final. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders, we know the Raiders travel any and everywhere. They have a great fan base, um, even though they get on our damn nerves. Damn but right. they still have a great fan base. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I think LeBron will be an owner once he retires. Um, and I think that both Seattle and Las Vegas will get franchises. And I, from what I've been told, uh, that may either there's going to be a movement of a franchise to Vegas, or they'll just get two expansion teams. Regardless, two teams in the, uh, currently in the West, more than likely, pro- possibly Minnesota and Memphis, will move to the Eastern Conference, and then you'll have Las Vegas and Seattle in the Western Conference to kind of balance out uh, the teams in in each uh, in each conference. Wait, I have a question though. Can can people just like create new teams? Or would it have to be like a move of a team? How does that well, work? It, it, they, go ahead, Nick. No, I think, well, you have to go through the NBA Board of Governors, first and foremost, to seek out what cities are available. Now, this is not going to happen anytime soon because more than likely it's, it's not going to happen until the, the NBA gets a brand new TV contract, which won't be for several years. So we probably won't see this um, go into fruition until several years until once the new TV deal is done because the owners don't want to give up any revenue sharing under the current deal. So this is probably not going to happen until the new TV deal arrives. When and, and like I said, I think it's several years before they get a new TV deal, or at least negotiate for a new TV deal. Once we get the new TV deal and there's more money in the pot, then you're going to see the ownership groups really go go hard in the paint, as it were, 
and really be aggressive as far as getting those teams in Seattle, in Las Vegas, where they deserve a team. Seattle deserves a team more than oh, anybody yeah. because 100%. the Sonics were ripped right, right from them. Um, and they're going to be called the Sonics more than likely, yep. which is great. They, 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 I think Seattle's a great basketball city. A lot of, a lot of talent's been produced from there. Um, it's a great basketball town, as we saw with the Seattle Storm and Sue Bird. Yep, absolutely. And that, my friends, is the moment's watch. All right, y'all. Well, I had an opportunity to sit down exclusively right before the postseason as the postseason begins today for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they take on the San Diego Padres in a possible best three out of five series uh, that begins at Dodger Stadium. And, I, and before that, I had an opportunity to sit down with the one and only, the superstar himself, the man, Mookie Betts. Here's a small excerpt on what we talked about, what was said. Sit back, pick your feet up, take a listen. Now, you obviously you came here in a trade along with David Price. How long did it take you really to get adjusted and really get comfortable being an L.A. Dodger, being in the city of Los Angeles? Well, I want to say this is probably the first year that I've really been comfortable. As soon as I got here, it was COVID. Um, so, you know, we had to follow all types of rules and had to do really you know everything the government said and, and those type of things and so i think this is the first year that's really been open for uh, for me to move around and uh, go enjoy the city and whatnot so uh, this is probably the first year because uh, me and the fam settled in now you made a very strong message during the all-star break about bringing more black people and black fans to dodger stadium but not just dodger stadium across major league baseball what inspired that and what do you hope to gain as far as uh, making sure that you know our community is is well receptive and being able to be ingratiated into the sport of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I, I don't. I think uh, just seeing the shirt and knowing my initiative is just to bring blacks into baseball. Um, then I have coaches, players, front office, whatever it is, um, because there is an avenue here that, uh, like I said, to get off the streets. You know, it's not necessarily to to become professionals and everything, but uh, definitely to get off the streets and get us into uh, an environment that. Uh, we can definitely be successful in. Now, also, too, I want to ask you, now, you made a Jackie Robinson documentary. Uh, you came at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn most about Jackie Robinson? How inspired were you by just making the film? Uh, you know, I learned a lot. You know, obviously, uh, it was it's mostly about what he did away from the field. And I think that part is the most important thing that you're going to take out of the film. Um, but, you know, everything he meant to so many different people, outside of baseball you know doing other things other than playing baseball and so uh, you got to see the film to really to really understand everything i'm saying but um you know, definitely tune in when it comes on and to hear the full interview please check out mlbbro.com that's mlbbro.com the full interview will be up later on this week uh please check it out and uh Props to Mookie Betts, and I appreciate that man for taking time out of his very busy schedule. And by the way, happy belated birthday to Mookie Betts, who just turned uh, 30. another year around the sun. Yeah, 30. 30 dude. years old. Yeah. 30. Yep. That dude is 30 he's and 30. killing the game. Yes, he is. He's not even in his prime. He's, 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 he's so in his prime right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, y'all. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all of the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, all for free 99. For Jake Warner, producer, my girl, homegirl, co-host, the queen of breaking it all down, Ari Rose. I'm yours truly, Nick Hamilton. Y'all be safe. Take care. Stay sharp. We in the wind like paper planes, y'all. The best 60 minutes of your week 
has now concluded. Bye. Peace.